0: No purchase necessary. Void we're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott
1: Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean?
2: Here they come on third and five. Wilson.
1: Boy, well, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Now the middle. He's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The to five touchdown. Two and buried. That was Sauce Gardner coming in hot. Aaron Wilson. Here he goes. Goodbye and Hollow Enzo. And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brace Hall looking for history. Hall with his
0: 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen.
3: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter At playlikeajet1 And it's time to answer Some Black Friday mailbag questions With our friend Who is the managing editor Over at the Jet Press Justin Freed Justin two days in a row man yesterday we did a breaking news episode and today we're going to answer some questions here on this Black Friday so people probably out and about and shopping whether that means they're actually in a brick and mortar store or a mall or they're just on their computer right now shopping hopefully you're listening to us while you do it so Justin thanks so much for coming on and answering some questions with me man of course, man. I appreciate you having me back on. It was so much fun before. We got to we gotta do it again. That's right. I was going to say, it feels like just yesterday that we were talking, and it was just yesterday. So let's answer some mailbag questions, and we will start with Jesse parrott He asks, what's a fair offer to Lamar Jackson this offseason? <laughs> Justin, you and I have talked about this a lot, and this is going to become a hot topic, especially if Zach Wilson doesn't somehow get back on track. Lamar Jackson is technically a free agent. He was playing on the 50-year option this year. They weren't able to work out a deal. But here's how this is going to go. The Ravens are going to franchise tag him. So even if he pushes this to the point of the Ravens considering trading him the way that Houston traded Deshaun Watson and the way that Seattle traded Russell Wilson, think about this. The Texans got an insane package for Deshaun Watson, even though he, let's say, had some off-the-field baggage. And they ended up having to give him $250 million guaranteed. Russell Wilson, 32 years old, and still the Seattle Seahawks were able to get a huge haul for him. And the Broncos had to give him an insane amount of guaranteed money, which I believe they're probably regretting right now. I would say that Lamar Jackson is better than Russell Wilson at this point, obviously. I don't think he's as good of a quarterback as Deshaun Watson, but obviously he doesn't have the -the off-the-field issues. But he is going to want to become the highest-paid player in the sport. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but here's the problem. In order to get Lamar Jackson, even if he pushed it to the point of the Ravens considering moving on from him, which I don't think they're going to do, I think they're going to franchise tag him and either make him play on the tag or sign him to a huge long-term deal, the Jets would have to give up probably at least four first-rounders to get Lamar Jackson, and then they would have to give him more money than Cleveland gave to Deshaun Watson. I don't see that combination happening. I'm not saying it would be the worst move in the world, but I probably wouldn't do it, and I'm pretty confident that Joe Douglas wouldn't do it either. So forget about Lamar Jackson. It's a pipe dream. It's not going to happen.
2: Yeah, I feel like I can offer a bit of Interesting perspective on this because if for those who don't know, I also cover the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. a little bit on uh ebonybird.com for fan-sided. So I I've written quite a bit about the Lamar Jackson situation dating back to I mean, even before this past summer, even dating back to last year. And I mean, the, the sticking point with him is he he wants a fully guaranteed deal. Uh, and that's that's really all it is with him. He wants that full guarantee, he wants that Deshaun Watson-like contract, maybe not the same dollar figure, but he wants it to be full fully guaranteed. Uh, and it knowing Lamar Jackson, like knowing who he is as a person because he's a very he's an interesting character, or you know, we could put we could leave it at that. I think it was the, the Steve Ravens owner who said he's an, a unique cat. The unique cat was the way he put it. uh he he kind of plays by, you know his own game essentially. And I don't think he's gonna budge. I think he's gonna set it and say, hey, I need this this fully guaranteed deal, uh, which again, for those who don't know it, I think it's pretty common knowledge at this point, but he is he doesn't have an agent. He represents himself. Um, so it it also complicates negotiations and extension talks. When you have the GM and owner talking directly to your star quarterback, that's a contentious situation. Um, so I I don't, I don't think he's going to budge on that. I think that he's going to be like, I want my fully guaranteed deal. And if you don't give it, I want out. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. Of course, the Ravens have control. They can place the franchise franchise tag on him. I will say that the trading for Roquan Smith makes it a little interesting because they haven't extended him yet. And, Obviously, they're going to probably want to keep him, um, so they're going to have to extend one of those two guys this offseason, whether it's uh, whether it's Lamar or whether it's Roquan Smith. Obviously, they'll prioritize Lamar Jackson over Roquan Smith, but it just adds another wrinkle to it. Um, I think what's ultimately going to happen is I, I, don't, I, I don't think he leaves Baltimore. I think that eventually the Ravens will give in and give him his fully guaranteed deal because the last thing they want is that they don't want to tag him and then have Lamar Jackson be super pissed, you know, Mm -hmm. all season. You don't really want that from your star quarterback, Uh, especially one who, again, you're negotiating directly with him, right? You're not talking to a GM. So he, his emotions really do matter. And if he's pissed, if he thinks you're not valuing him, then who knows what, you know, what he can do in that situation. And he might want to force his way out. Either way, even if he does leave Baltimore, I don't think the Jets make a ton of sense for him. I just, I don't think, one, I don't think that Joe Douglas would really go for that so hard. Like, I don't think he would give up um what it would take to to get Lamar and that's not a slight at Lamar I think he's a fantastic quarterback it's just it would be also a weird scheme fit in this in this scheme um you know the, the Ravens have constructed a very specific offense around Lamar Jackson and I'm not sure how much of a fit Lamar Jackson would be with this current you know Jets offense whether it's the skill position group whether it's Michael floor even the offensive line uh they're a lot more power run based than the Jets are definitely not so it would just be a very weird fit for me uh and also I don't I think Lamar would have other options he might want to go to like if he if he has a say in where he's traded um if you know because again they're not going to let him walk in free agency um either way I agree with you it's a pipe dream it's not going to happen for a lot of reasons I don't think it's a necessary like again in this in the NFL anything could happen I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee stays in Baltimore but I do think it's unlikely he leaves and if he does leave I don't think it'll be the Jets
1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a
1: jet.
3: Next question comes in from Steven Schaefer. He asks, Robert Sala talked multiple times about Zach Wilson needing to fix fundamentals what fundamentals is he talking about, and were these the same issues he had in college, or did they arise as a pro? He's mostly talking about body mechanics And I think also as far as fundamentals go, he's probably also referencing leaving the pocket too quickly and a couple of other things that need to be fixed. That's more mental than physical, I think. But as far as his mechanics, look, you watch him and he's throwing the ball five feet over the head of a wide-open Braxton Berrios who's two yards away from him. And you go back and look at his BYU tape. I don't remember seeing anything like that on his BYU tape. And part of it, I think, is because he wasn't under this much pressure. The BYU offensive line was pretty good. They kept him clean for the most part. And so, yeah, you saw some of those dynamic plays where Wilson used his feet to buy time and go out and throw a rope on the run. But you also saw him in a clean pocket slinging the ball. And we've seen that at times. He threw a beautiful pass to Denzel Mims with the game on the line against the Buffalo Bills a couple of weeks ago. When the pocket is clean, Wilson is good. The problem is the pocket is often not clean. And when it's not, he panics and freaks out. And then we've seen what the results have been. I talked about how poor he is against the Blitz. Talked about how poor he is when he leaves the pocket. Those are all things that need to change. But as far as what they're talking about with fundamentals, I think it's mostly the body mechanics and the lower body mechanics more specifically.
2: Right. It's it's a mechanics thing. It's his it's his feet. It's his base. And, you know, we, we talked about it yesterday, right? Like I said, his mentals are impacting his physicals. And that's pretty much just a, a good summation of what's wrong with Zach Wilson at the moment. He gets in his own head. And when he's getting in his own head, um, he stops paying attention to his feet. He stops paying attention to his mechanics and he starts panicking. And when he panics, then he holds on to the ball for too long or he steps up and, and takes off in a clean pocket with open receivers. All of that is what they're talking about when they're talking about the fundamentals and and his mechanics. Uh, as far as his BYU tape and kind of what has carried over, I guess the one thing would be you you touched on it a little bit, but him being under pressure that was not something we saw a ton at BYU, but it was one of those concerns coming out of college where you didn't he didn't handle pressure extremely well at BYU, even though he wasn't under pressure a lot, a pressure a lot. Uh, people can point to that Coastal Carolina game as as an instance for that. Um, and we've seen that amplified in the NFL, where the Jets' offensive line isn't bad, even with the injuries they've had. It's still a competent unit, but he makes it look a lot worse. And he he actually had done a better job of that the last couple of weeks uh, against against the Bills, and even like, even this last week, he wasn't he didn't make the same mistakes he was making against the Broncos or the first Patriots game but it's still an issue with him under pressure in fact I was doing some research I think I tweeted it out from the Jeffress account um there's been I saw I was looking at PFFs stat tracking since 2006 which is when they started tracking uh pressure data right so so throwing under pressure there's been four quarterbacks in a season to have a completion percentage below 30 percent when pressured uh two of them are Derek Anderson I think it's 2009 mm-hmm. and Brandon Whedon in 2013 the other two are Zach Wilson in 2021 and Zach Wilson in 2022. So that just kind of shows how historically inept, at least in modern NFL history, recent NFL history, he's been went under pressure. Uh, it's a major, major, major concern. And that was a thing that was coming out of BYU, a concern with him, an issue that people had questions about. Uh, questions about. Right now, it's just it's mental with him, and in, unless he's there mentally, until he gets that part of his game in check, then his his mechanics are going to be a mess. His fundamentals are going to be a mess. He's going to keep making the same mistakes he's doing. He's making uh, his his footwork's going to be all off, and and you know that's that's really what they're referring to with that stuff, and it's it's a serious concern.
3: Next question comes in from Just Plain John. He asks, is there a veteran quarterback who could shake loose this time of year? I know it's past the trade deadline, but it seems like teams find a way anyway. I can't think of anybody that would shake loose right now. I think you're stuck with Mike White, Zach Wilson, and Joe Flacco, and it's going to have to be one of those guys for the rest of the season. As far as after the season, that's when things get interesting. The two names that make the most sense – Are Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr Jimmy Garoppolo is at the top of the list I think mostly because You know for sure he's going to be available He's a free agent The 49ers cannot franchise tag him That was one of the conditions Of him agreeing to that restructured deal He knows the system He knows the coaches He would come right in and be a perfect fit So I think he's the guy that the Jets would probably have at the top of their list, especially because, as I said, you know for a fact he's going to be available. The way he's been playing, and especially if the 49ers make a deep run, there's going to be a lot of money involved, though. However, with the way this roster is constructed and the fact that they're ready to win now, there's no question that the Jets realize that they have to take advantage of this window and pay for an established quarterback if Zach Wilson doesn't get things back on track. As far as Derek Carr, he's probably going to wind up being on the outs ...with the Raiders, and it's not entirely his fault, it's just they may be looking to go in a different direction. Josh McDaniels might want his own guy, but more importantly, by getting rid of Derek Carr, he counts $41 million against the cap next year. They would get out of his deal with only $5 million of dead money, so I don't see them paying him $41 million. However, there is the possibility that they restructure his contract or he agrees to restructure to a team that he gets traded to so the Raiders have his rights as of now. They could potentially deal him, and that would cost you draft picks as opposed to Jimmy G, who would only cost you money. So I don't think there's anything they can do right now, but at the end of the season, if Zach Wilson doesn't turn things around, they understand this is a team ready to win right now, and I would expect Jimmy G and Derek Carr to be the top two names on their list.
2: Yeah, I mean, as far as quarterbacks for 2022, you're not going to find one like no teams aren't in the business of releasing quality quarterbacks, even quality backups, even teams that are not in the race, they're not going to just eat money to release a guy. Uh, And obviously, like you said, the the trade deadline is passed. So there's no trading involved. They can't trade for somebody. They're going to roll with the guys they have in their roster. As far as twenty twenty three is concerned, yeah, I mean, you you absolutely hit on it. Garoppolo makes the most sense to me just because you don't have to give up assets. Uh, it's just financial. That's that's all it comes down to with him. Uh, Derek Carr obviously makes a ton of sense as well because it does seem like the Raiders are preparing to move on again for, like you said, reasons that are not entirely his fault. Uh, he's a very good quarterback still, and you know he's just kind of it might be time for a change of scenery with him. Uh, I'm not going to rehash everything else you said, but other guys who, who could be out there. Uh, I mean, someone like Jared Goff could be on the move. Someone like Ryan Tannehill. I'm not saying these are all preferred options. I'm just throwing them out there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Like, I think that'd be hilarious, of course, if Tom Brady came to New York. as kind of one last thing to stick it to Belichick and to to prove himself. Like, what else does he have left to prove? Well, come to New York and win a championship with the Jets. I think that would be almost a Hollywood-esque storyline if he did that. Uh, Those are the guys you're really looking at, unless you're getting into the the lower-tier options like a Gardner-Minshew-like. I uh, got for Carson Wentz. I think that'd be terrible. Uh, I know there's the Joe Douglas connection, but no, uh, or, or a Nick Foles or an Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, whoever they like, there's a bunch of dudes who could be available, but have the most realistic um, appealing options. We we're talking Garoppolo. We're talking carr. I'll throw Minshew in there. Cause I do think that he could be a quality NFL quarterback um, or Tannehill or, or Goff, or, you know, whoever else. But as far as 2022, they're, they're rolling with who they got.
3: Should say that the way Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr have played the last couple of weeks, they have both been on fire. Carr has over 800 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Jimmy G is rolling with the San Francisco 49ers. So you may want to pick them to beat their player projections over in their daily fantasy matchup. Over at prizepicks.com, you pick two to six players. And if those players do better or worse than their prize picks player projection, you can win up to 25 times the amount of money that you put in. And as I said, the way that Jimmy G and Derek Carr have been rolling lately, I'm strongly considering picking them as two of my players. For this coming week you don't have to Play football though it could be baseball Basketball hockey anything you want It's available at prizepicks.com Plus it's so easy To play you don't have to go up against Anybody else just against the prizepicks Player projection use the promo code PLAJ when you sign up and you will get Your first deposit matched up to 100 Bucks so if you put in 100 bucks they'll Match you 100 bucks You put in 50 bucks They'll match you 50 bucks just go to prizepicks.com Use the promo code PLAJ and You'll get your first deposit matched up To a hundred bucks. Next question comes in from Matt Z75. He asks Does Joe Douglas survive if Zach Wilson doesn't? He's done a great job building this team, but he would have whiffed on the most important decision he had to make. I don't think Joe Douglas is going anywhere anytime soon. Almost all of the big decisions that he's made outside of Zach Wilson have been largely good. Now we can go back to the 2020 draft. And the book is still out on Makai Bacton. We'll see. He played very, very well his rookie year. And then he had two freak injuries the last two years. So he's got a long way back. But he was very good when he did play. So it's not like it's somebody who was drafted very high, was bad, then got hurt. And there's no hope for him. So fingers crossed with back. Becton. The rest of that draft wasn't great. But 2021, outside of the Zach Wilson pick, he did very well. Got great value for Jamal Adams. Got great value for Sam Darnold. Had a really strong draft in 2022. And this roster is as strong as it's been probably since the beginning of the Rex era about a dozen years ago. So, so I don't think Joe Douglas is going anywhere anytime soon. But I do think he realizes it's better to admit failure when it comes to the Zach Wilson situation if Wilson doesn't turn it around by the end of the season, rather than holding on, hoping that he turns it around when you know in your heart of hearts he probably won't and wasting this window to compete. I think he understands that if Wilson doesn't turn it around, they're going to have to go out and spend money on an established quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr, like we said before
0: right yeah
2: i think that joe douglas has done a lot more good than bad when it comes to building this roster if you look at the roster right now this is you could argue it's a top 10 roster in the nfl if you ignore the court of acquisition and i i think if, at least with a healthy breeze hall i'd say that they're probably very close if not a top 10 roster uh and the fact that he did that after what you know three years of, of you know, three years ago this was one of the worst rosters if not the worst roster in the nfl uh this jets team has more young building blocks than they have had in over a decade, you know, at least since the beginning of that Rex era. And, so, you know, in terms of young building blocks in this team, um, they they have a lot of talent and he just he's missed at quarterback. Right. Like, I think we can't solidify and say definitely Zach Wilson is a bust, but it's it's it'd be very unlikely if he wasn't at this point. Um, I, he absolutely deserves another chance, though, to, to correct the quarterback position, uh, even a guy like Chris Ballard in Indianapolis has gotten chance at their chance because uh, he's done enough good with that roster. To warrant it. And I think Joe Douglas absolutely falls under that category. And I think the fact that he has that freedom where I think he knows he's not going anywhere, even if the, even if he admits, Hey, Zach Wilson's a failure, because he knows that would make it more likely that they are willing to move on from him quicker than a, a GM that was more tied to that quarterback. Um And I I think we might see that. You might see that this offseason where they go out and replace Zach Wilson if necessary. But absolutely, Joe Douglas, you know, he's more than earned the right to stick around in New York.
3: Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, guys, putting aside the quarterback, which player has exceeded your expectations this year and which player has been a disappointment? Also, do you think the Jets will be aggressive this offseason trying to lock up their own players? Start with the first part of this. The two guys that exceeded my expectations off the top of my head more than anybody else are Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. And the reason is... I thought Sauce was going to be awesome, but I didn't think he was going to be this awesome this fast. I thought Garrett Wilson would be good. I didn't think he was going to be great, but I didn't think he would be as good as he's become this quickly. So those two guys absolutely exceeded my expectations. As far as the most disappointing has to be Elijah Moore. I thought he was going to break out and be a number one receiver for this team this year. Now, granted, it's not entirely his fault that he hasn't broken out. There's been extenuating circumstances. But after what we saw last year, I thought he was going to be the first Jets wide receiver to get 1,000 yards since Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker did it in 2015, and he's not even going to come close by the time this season is over. So no question, he's the most disappointing player. As far as whether the Jets will be aggressive this offseason trying to lock up their own players, yeah, I do think they will, especially Quinn and Williams. I think that's going to be Joe Douglas's First order of business as soon as the season is over He's going to try and get something done with Quentin Williams He'll probably try to get that done before actual free agency opens And they'll be able to make moves at quarterback if they need to In other spots of need I think Quentin Williams will be priority number one As soon as the off season ends I think Joe Douglas is going to sit down and try and keep him Because as we've seen, he has grown into an elite player The leader of the defense And a guy that they absolutely have to keep
2: yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I think when you look at the roster and I just I had to pull up the roster really quick to make sure there's no one I'm I'm missing that I wanted to mention. Uh, there's just there's so many guys who have overachieved and have exceeded expectations this year. And it says a lot about the coaching staff that they've been able to to get the best out of these guys. Uh, obviously, you know you, you already touched on it. Sauce Gardner is already maybe the best cornerback in the NFL, um, and doing that ten games into your rookie into your NFL career is just—it's unbelievable, right? It's—it's it's almost unprecedented. Um, so obviously, you have to put him in that category. I'd say the same thing about Garrett Wilson. I was very, very vocal about it. You can find articles I wrote early, you know, this summer saying, "Hey, maybe, maybe temper expectations for Garrett Wilson a little bit early in his career because notoriously, this is an offense, this is a, a an offensive system where it takes receiving." Was a little bit of time to get going but he's come in and and almost are inarguably been the team's best receiver since day one um and if you had even semi-competent quarterback play he might be a top 20 top 30 receiver in the nfl right now so definitely those two other other guys like i mean you could you could point to someone like nate herbig who was a waiver wire pickup who was brought in as a, as a backup and now he's stepped in and He's a he's a full time starting guard, um, and if he continues to play well, hopefully he's back this week. Of course, he, he missed this past week, but if he continues to play well, there will be a genuine discussion about maybe keeping him at guard and keeping Elijah Vera Tucker at right tackle. So that's somebody I'd throw out there. I'd put DJ Reed in that category. Who he was excellent last year um, with Seattle, but I don't think anybody expected this level from DJ Reed this year. Uh, he's coming off maybe his worst performance of season, but he's still. Pretty inarguably a top 15 cornerback in the NFL right now. It, it helps to be playing opposite Sauce Gardner and to have a really good pass rush. But still, I, I think he falls in that category. Michael Carter II has gone from a, a fine a starting nickel corner last year. Like I think he was a fine player as a rookie last year. But now he's legitimately one of the best nickel corners in the NFL. Um, so that's another dude who I'd throw out there. I'd put Michael Clemens in that category of somebody who has done better and, and, and done more than I thought he would. Um, in terms of underperforming, there's not a ton, which that's great, that like, there's not a ton. Uh, obviously, Zach Wilson, I think, has to fall in that. We don't have to talk more about him. We've talked about him enough, but I think Zach Wilson would fall into that category. You already hit on Elijah Moore, so I won't really harp on that, but definitely Elijah Moore is underachieved. Uh, I, I will say Jeremy Ruckert I can throw in there. Uh, and you know, I, I love that pick when they made it for personal reasons because uh, I love the dude, and he's Long Island boy, you know, from a a, a town very close to mine. But uh, I obviously we haven't seen him on the field much, and it's mostly just because the Jets don't think he's ready. Uh, and obviously, it's silly to 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 look at that draft class and all the great things that they did in that draft class, and focus on the one pick that kind of is not hitting at the moment. But I do think more people expected a bit more from, from Jeremy Rucker. They expect him to at least be active on game days, not having him be inactive when Kenny Yeboah is healthy. Um, so I guess I'd throw him out there. Maybe Jordan Whitehead is underachieved. I think he's... Uh, Kind of underperformed a little bit he's basically the same player he was in tampa but i think people expected him to have more of a positive impact than he has instead he's really more so just you know aside from an occasional run stuff here and there he's more been picked apart for his missed tackles and a couple of lapses in coverage but mostly the missed tackles but overall i think you've had a lot more players overachieve than underperform which is a sign of a well-coached team uh, lastly, as far as the locking up their players. Yeah, I, I do think so. Quinn and Williams is obviously the most notable. I don't know what's going to go on with the George Fant situation. That's, I guess, another guy you could say has underperformed just because he hasn't been healthy. Um, but definitely Quinn and Williams is, is going to be the highest paid player in Jets history very soon. Uh, and that, that does make the cap situation a little bit trickier, especially if they're going out and getting a veteran quarterback. But yeah, I, I don't think they're letting Quinn Williams go anywhere, nor should they.
3: Justin Freed, Managing Editor of the Jet Press. Thanks so much for coming on and answering some questions with me on this Black Friday. Really appreciate it. For those that want to follow you on social media and check out everything you're doing over at the Jet Press, how can they follow you and where are they going to see when they go to the Jet Press?
2: Well, yeah, you're going to see a lot of Zach Wilson stuff, like I was saying yesterday. still a lot of Zach Wilson stuff to talk about. But, yeah, you can read all the the Jets articles you want over at thejetpress.com. You can follow me at Justin T. Freed. That's F-R-I-E-D, spelled like fried, not pronounced like it, uh, on Twitter, as well as at thejetpress on Twitter. I do all those tweets as well. And uh, yeah, I I mentioned it last time, but we do have a a Jet Press podcast hopefully coming out in the in the near future. Don't have a a solidified date yet, but it is probably it is coming out in the near future. So keep an eye out for that as well.
3: Make sure you check out everything Justin's doing over at the Jet Press and check out everything we're doing. Over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like A Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under. Luke Grant has some awesome all 22 breakdowns on our channel. Watch our videos. Subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash Play Like Jet. Visit our store, teepublic.com. That's t-e-e-public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers Quentin Williams Bless You Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like A Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. Tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. That's tepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and jet.com.
1: it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper